You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! Hello, I'm Noah Cross, and welcome to Podcast BXN, episode 133. I am one of your hosts, your favorite Portland Mexican, Christian Macias, and alongside me today, joined. O- I'm gonna start doing the LP. Uh, never mind. I'm joined over Discord <laughs> by Kentucky's number one Spartan, Daniel Prindle, aka over on Twitter, Dan is DTM. Oh, he just doesn't want to say hello anymore. Okay, oh. there we go. <laughs> the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Hello. And one half of the Men in Gitch podcast, Gage Dempster, a.k.a. Gilbo Biggins. Hola. I missed you, lads. How's everyone doing? Good. Doing good. Doing very good, sir. How are you doing? God, I appreciate you for asking me that. I'm doing well. <laughs> Am I a little tired? Good. For sure. But, like, you know, we're hanging in there. Yes. As a reminder, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. We are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN, and over on, on Twitter as well. The topic of the show this week is things are about to get unreal. What do we mean? You'll have to find out in tots. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. It is quick bites time. Get your little finger foods ready. Your little napkins, your waters, your polar waters. And let's dive in. The first quick fight we've got, some Fortnite news. Thanks to the Fortnite community and Xbox, uh, they have raised $144 million for various relief funds to help Ukraine. This is fantastic. I think it was a week long, uh, or, ten, or was it 10 days? I can't remember which it was one of those two. But they had a time frame where they were raising funds to help Ukraine, and they did reach $144 million, which is totally incredible. Beautiful. Amazing. Do not read the replies of this tweet where they uh, where Fortnite is talking about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not think uh, Ukrainian relief funds would spur uh, console wars, and yet, and yet, here we, are. <laughs> here we are. Oh man. Either way, uh, speaking of PlayStation, I didn't say it, but I read it in the uh, in the Twitter. Replies. <laughs> uh, there was a, an exploit that uh, I took advantage of. That is with PS Now. There was a PS Now uh, 12-month subscription uh, on sale. It was down to $60 USD. And if you were to take advantage of that, it would then roll over into PS Premium over in June. So naturally, I took advantage. I think Dan did as well, right? Yes, yes. How many years did you do? I did, I think, did I do two or three years? I don't even remember. Three years, I think, because I'm just a <laughs> madman. Because I was already talking about the uh, the second tier being good value, and this is actually cheaper than the second tier. So it's like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I don't know if you can buy it anymore. I think I tried yesterday, and I, I couldn't get it. Um, but yeah, that was a few days ago, and I, I did take advantage of it, well, but only one year. I'll see how premium PS Premium works and see if I like it. I think just one year is fine for now, you know? It's fair. Moving on, this comes from IGN. Vila announced the Ray Tracer Evo cross Sonic slip-on sneakers, and they look incredibly good. They look so cool. (laughs) They sold out pretty quickly, though. So you indeed had to go fast to get them. Yeah. I, I wish I had the money and the bots to get this because I would have totally have gotten it. Uh, but yeah, these are really cool sneakers. I remember they did a collaboration with Puma for the first for the first movie, and they weren't as cool as this. So I'm glad they actually made Sonic shoes. So that's really cool. Yeah, these look like uh, straight up like 
the video game sneakers yeah so when i see these i think like obviously i think sonic but like this is what he legit like wears almost you know yeah i'm almost afraid to look at ebay right now oh man we should actually <laughs> for science the for prices science. must be that's, insane that's the worst part about bots is people just take stuff straight to freaking ebay and mark it up a million percent yeah and that's the thing with with um with sneakers for the most part like i think sneakers have it really bad yeah i remember go ahead i was gonna say when i when i did check uh when i did get the news for this i wanted to see how much they were and how many sizes were available and the only sizes that were there were like three and a half (laughs) oh my god those sold out eventually too like who's buying three and a half men's shoes but like someone did I tried to get the uh, there's there's Halo work boots that dropped a couple of weeks back. Yes, I saw in collaboration that. with Wolverine, and I get money back from my company. So I was like, let me try and let me try and weasel in this pair of Halo work boots <laughs> and then get reimbursed for it. They were gone immediately, and yeah, you, you I think they were sold for three hundred dollars American, yeah. and uh, and then if you go on eBay like the next day, they're up to like twenty five hundred. It's just crazy. There was only a hundred and seventeen available. Well, a hundred and sixteen available. The raffling this hundred and seventeenth wow. one, but yeah. That's not very many when in the grand scheme of things. No, it's not. It's a <laughs> minuscule amount. Before we move on, I actually went to the Fila website. Um, they are smaller sizes, like Rowe was saying, available. But there's also some, like, um, ten and a half, starting from 10.5 and, and up all the way to 13. Those size are, sizes are still available. Oh. And <laughs> it's only $110 for this pair. And you could also uh, buy it with uh, Afterpay. You'd be paying four interest repayments of twenty-seven fifty. That is still up right now. Wow! All right. I don't need them. I I I really want to buy them, but I don't like. I I I I am a ten and a half. I was like, should I? I am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are we all size ten and a half? Are we really? (laughs) No, that's that kind of (laughs) rocks. Let's show each other our feet. Wow. <laughs> after dark pxn after dark dan the people want it i'm telling you yeah <laughs> i mean i'm a size 10 but i can make a 10 and a half work <laughs> sure you ruined yeah. it i'm you sorry did ruin it. i thought I'm the same sorry. thing i'm sorry <laughs> what's that what's wrong christian Are you, sensing something? you guys hear that no nobody else hears that no you're definitely going crazy the Dead Speak Return oh, to Olympic goodness. Island is coming 2022 by Ron Gilbert's Terrible Toy Box in collaboration with Devolver Digital and Lucasfilm Games. I never played Monkey Monkey Island. I'm, I won't lie to you. So this did nothing for me. Did it do anything for any, any of you guys? Nope. No. Not a thing. This is the wrong crowd yet. <laughs> but uh, good for whoever is excited for this I ryan guess. mccaffrey on twitter he was freaking out congratulations <laughs> to all the monkeys going back to the island it's gonna be sweet <laughs> i think emmett Watkins jr did a tweet like oh dudes in their uh mid-30s are going crazy right now <laughs> and like i i don't know maybe that's accurate so i missed that there you cut go. off <laughs> just made just barely just barely, barely. Mm-hmm. We've got some indie news for you. Trek to Yomi finally gets a release date and it's coming May 5th. And as a reminder, if you have Game Pass, it is indeed coming to Game Pass. Yeah. Very exciting. This game looks awesome. Yeah, they put 15 minutes of uh, footage up, but I did not watch it because I wanted to wait for the game at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm already, so I'm already sold. Close. I'm in the same mm-hmm. boat. Uh, some more IGN news. Uh, and this is about Hey, 
not necessarily video game stuff. Uh, base pay for freelancers at IGN is apparently starts at $20. And the industry is finally uh, having an honest conversation about unionization and, and, and pay rates in general, which I thought was fascinating. Um, full disclosure, I, I did end up shooting a, a D, DM to Cat Bailey uh, to try and get some of this so I can be on the news aggregate kind of team um, because I have to build a portfolio somehow. But yeah, what do you guys think about uh, the one of the, arguably one of the biggest video game websites ever uh, having freelance pay be bad? Not, not that much. Yeah, that that kind of sucks for sure. Like, especially like you think about the time investment of putting in like so many hours, like writing an article and like editing it and just make sure it's like really good and like yeah that that does seem very crazy to me that somebody's just getting paid twenty dollars for this article that's probably going to get hundreds of thousands of views that's crazy Mm -hmm. it really it really goes to show you that and it's unfortunate that a lot of these uh news outlets uh operate this way but it paints a very clear picture that it's very much about uh quantity and not quality because there's no way that you want a high quality article and you're going to pay somebody 20 dollars to do it like like you said, if you like, you're gonna spend more. I mean, if you're doing your due diligence, you're gonna spend more than an hour, like looking up all this stuff. So then you're already, yeah, it's 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 super unfortunate. And it's um, if you want quality work, you should be willing to pay for it. And um, I think there's some room for obviously some sort of uh, fluctuating scale, but to start at twenty dollars is, uh, I think, is way too low. And I I don't know how. Oh, sorry, I think my Discord lagged out for a second there. Sorry. Um, I don't know how it is at IGN or other places, but I did do like a super short, I'll say internship in quotes at a certain game uh, outlet. And I did do news stories there. And you are absolutely right about quantity over quality, but they do want the quality at the same time. So like they're paying you almost nothing to get something out under an hour because you should be spending an hour doing the research and stuff like that. But they want it out so quick because it's news. So I, I get it. They want it out as fast as possible. They want it to be breaking. But at the same time, they, they want it to be good. So, so they'll look over it. It's like, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. And again, I'm not, a, I'm not a professional writer. So I'm sure there are people who are able to put out good writing in a short amount of time. But at the same time, it's not always going to be perfect. And if you're paying somebody $20, they're not, they don't, I don't think they are inclined to make it perfect either. Because that's that's nothing. So, yeah, Gene is, Park, uh, yeah. Gene Park was tweeting about this as well, and he was saying like, my advice is when he was doing stuff like this is just to get the stuff out and edit after, because the reality is that many news sites are constantly editing stuff after the fact that they published true. it, which yeah. I think maybe can lead to some kind of problems depending on the quality of the mm-hmm. writing. Like you don't want to be publishing incorrect information and then you know fixing it later. That just fundamentally might not work all the time. But yeah, when the reality is you're only getting twenty dollars for, you know, uh, trying to get an article out as quick as possible. Like, there's only so much you can do. I've seen like, that. How refreshing lot. to see. Go ahead. Sorry, uh, I've seen that a lot on IGN recently too. Like, they post like you know two sentences or whatever, and they're like breaking story at the top, and then that was it. Like, there's just two sentences until they fill in the article. So yeah, that's that's very mm-hmm. interesting. And I think there was also something going around showing the rates for like features and listicles and different types of articles outside of news. And they were they were better, obviously, but there's just something about news that 
the industry just doesn't pay a lot for for some reason, despite it being like the like you guys are saying the most trafficked kind of articles that people want to want to see what's new, <laughs> but uh, they're not paying very well for it. I think the thing is that because news is always so constant, like it's, it's a lot it's of like it yeah. in the moments, and yeah, and it's a lot. So yeah, so I mean, like pay them a, a bit more bucks, a bit more, just a little bit more, <laughs> yeah. at least three, right? Ten more yeah. dollars. Throw in yeah. some V bucks. I mean, come on. <laughs> you lost me, Dan. <laughs> hey, you That's played last idea, week, right? Spoilers for what you got for me. Oh, oh I guess last week. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, some more news on pay here. I have from IGN. Uh, Capcom is uh, apparently raising employee salaries by thirty percent, and I have a quote here, um, written by human resources officer. Uh, sorry, Chief Human Resources Officer uh, in a letter sent to investors. Driven by its philosophy of being a creator of entertainment culture that stimulates your senses, Capcom will work to address the issues facing our society while aiming to improve its corporate value and establishing a relationship of trust with employees and stakeholders. Um, end quote. I wanted to include this one as well just because for so long here at PXM we've been talking about all the negative stuff that's been happening in, in so many studios, right? There are positive stories every now and then, uh, but a lot of it is very negative stuff about harassment and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's very nice to see studios investing in, in my opinion, what is most important, which is the individuals working there and seeing an increase of salaries by 30%, very sizable. Um, so I wanted to celebrate that because I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, definitely. Hope to see more of it though, as well, in other studios. And I mean, you think, you'd, sorry, you'd think this is a pretty um, common sense move. Oh, what's this? Capcom has been having some of the best years they've ever had. Let's re let's reward the people who make the games. So yeah, hopefully this is the start of uh, some of some other places thinking that because there's some de there's some development studios that are long overdue for this kind of um, reward for making exceptional games. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Gage. Like, recently, like, Capcom has been knocking it out of the park. And, like, not that long ago, like, you know, six years ago or maybe a little longer ago, they were just, like, putting out crap and people were very pissed off at Capcom and everything that they were doing. But now, completely 180. So, yeah, yeah. this is really cool to see the studios kind of, uh, you know, get this little extra bonus for, for doing that, so... Speaking of very cool stuff we love to see, Lego Star Wars dropped this week and some review scores were dropping in. So let's take a peek at some early review scores over uh, Nibel's tweet. Uh, IGN gave it an 8. Game Informer gave it an 8. Destructo at a 7.5. And on the higher end, we got stuff like Shaq News, who gave it a 9. Windows Central, 4 out of 5. And Hardcore Gamer, a 4.5 out of 5. The uh, open critic at that time... Um, was at an 84. I don't know what it's at now. Dan might know because I know he picked this in his <laughs> fantasy draft. Um, I could tell you. I could look it up. Are you any of you guys uh, Lego Star Wars fans? Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> I used to love these games growing up. I don't think I have the time for it now is my only thing. Yeah. But... What is that face for? I thought uh, I was looking at the wrong number. I thought it went way up. I thought it was 86, but that's 86% critics recommend. It's 83 it. for open critic. So, mm. Very good. If I were I a kid, I'd be eating right now playing this game. Are you kidding me? Definitely. Speaking yeah. of children playing this game, I know Glenn's playing it right now. So <laughs> we have somebody watching who's very excited about this. Yes. 
he becomes a child when he plays this game. Yep. Do you guys follow the TikTok account that doesn't... It used to do nothing but do plug walk videos of the the Lego Star Wars characters dancing. Or sorry, walking to that song. No. Plug walk. <laughs> anyway, he had to like retire because he had finished all the characters. But now that this new game is out, the account's oh. back. And, uh, there we go. It, it rocks. I'm glad he's back. Return of the Jedi. We also have... <laughs> <laughs> What do we have then? We have we have Kurik <laughs> craft in the in the Twitch chat, guys. Uh, I saw him tweet a very nice oh, tweet, <laughs> shooting our uh, our live stream out. So thank you, Kurik. Oh, very kind. Nice. Awesome. Very you. sweet. Our last quick bite of the day. Dan hates this, by the way. What? It is time to upgrade your armory right alongside your pantry. Announcing the Gosh. official Halo cookbook from uh, Insight, Incited. Wait, sorry, Insight Editions. And that is available for pre-order right now, and it releases over in August. You can check that out. Um, first of all, I just think this is cool. I think it's just a bit of fun news. I don't understand why people were so heated about this. It makes no sense to me. Obviously, no. the developers what? who are like, making stuff <laughs> yes. like, game-wise for the game are not leaving to make a cookbook on the, like, on the side. They didn't put that on pause. Like, there are different right. teams that work in, in studios. So I thought that was weird, but this is fun news. <laughs> I didn't know people were upset about this, Christian. Oh, there's people upset about everything. It's <laughs> I guess it's so. Twitter. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be upset about something. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's uh it's kind of crazy. I I'm not gonna. I'm a huge Halo fan. I'm not gonna get this cookbook. I was just like, oh. all right, Are you the cancers. Do what? Yeah. I did. That's fair. But that's like usable, even though I don't drink that much. But you know, it's usable. Uh, what you don't want to cook food? But I, I and then don't, you don't eat. What is the value of a Halo cookbook? Like it's a fictional <laughs> oh universe. Like what am I like? If you have is, to even ask that, then you're not a real Halo fan. That's not Kentucky's true. He's number two Spartan. I want that as the introduction. No, we'll get here's out of we, here. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. In August, we look up one of these recipes, um, and I want Dan to make like a an edit a video of himself making one of these. Hell yeah! You know what? I'll, I'm down. I'm down. I might actually buy it, so I'll I'll send you a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, real quick, I didn't include this in in the document, but there was some more Halo news that dropped. I think today there was um I don't know if it was a leak or if it was like just kind of rumblings or if it was actual information. But there's a Last Spartan Standing coming. Oh. As a game mode to to Halo Infinite, which yep. is kind of like gun game from Call of Duty. Um, any, any thoughts on that, Gage and, and Dan? I mean, it's something. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah okay i think i think uh it's was that that was like data mine stuff so like uh a lot of the Got data it. miners have found like a bunch of stuff in game files uh for them prepping for season two's launch which is next month uh so hopefully we get some good content next month finally after six months finally some good content yeah or any content i'll take anything Here's some content we don't want to see, and we're actually in the news, not Quick Bites anymore. We've got some Ghost Recon news, and I split this up into two kind of separate categories. The first is the not-so-good stuff. <laughs> Ghost Recon Breakpoint NFTs are history now. Oh, I guess that's good. We can all celebrate that. Uh, there's a statement made. You now own a piece of... For those that did buy the NFT, by the way. You own a piece of the game and have left your mark in its history. Congratulations, I suppose. Oh, no. Uh, the not-so-good stuff is that Ubisoft promises that NFTs for other games in the future will, will likely come, so. 
Is that what you guys want? You want a Far Cry NFT? Or... No. No. Let me tell you, as uh, maybe this is why I'm so jaded about Halo and why Dan and I bicker about it so much is because I'm also a big Ghost Recon fan. So I, I've been having a rough go of it everywhere lately. It's really, I'm, I'm super upset. And it, uh, I don't, yeah, it's fine. It's all fine. We're going to get a Ghost Recon first person shooter battle royale. So we'll have that to look forward to. When is the last time a Ghost Recon game was good? Because I don't remember. Future anymore. Soldier. So what, 20... like 2013, That sounds like a long time ago. <laughs> no, that was like 2010, I want to say, 2009. Okay, yeah. That sounds right. a long right, time. Yeah. It's been a long time. And like Wildlands and Breakpoint aren't bad games, but they're not Ghost Recon games. They're GTA clones. And sure. they're like, they're right, they're third person Far Cry is exactly what they are. So, I mean, you could make the argument for those games, but if we're talking about like a, a tr the last truly good Ghost Recon third person tactical game, it's Future Soldier. I don't understand why Ghost Recon isn't that anymore. Like, it's the same thing with uh, Assassin's Creed. Like, remember a few weeks ago when they were talking about like what Assassin's Creed used to be, and it was like assassinate this target, which is what it is now. Like, kill this god. Yeah. And it's like, well, what happened to Ghost Recon as well? I don't feel that same kind of tactical gameplay anymore when I look at those. I don't think it, it is. I don't think we'll get one until I think the only chance we have of getting another Ghost Recon is if PlayStation reboots SOCOM, and then if that takes oh. off, then Ghost Recon might be like uh, Ubisoft might be like, oh well, that's popular. Let's do that. But it seems like they're just kind of sticking to their formula. But yeah, SOCOM is is uh, is my only hope as a Ghost Recon fan right now. So I'm hoping that that's one of those secret projects they're working on. I do love SOCOM. Yeah. Well, Gage, we've got something to look forward to. This is according to Kotaku. Ubisoft is developing a new Ghost Recon game codenamed Over and is slated to launch 2023. More like this franchise is over. Am I right, boys? <laughs> More like I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is there... Well, I guess I guess you guys already answered the question, but you would you would want uh, a Ghost Recon to go back to what it was the best, the, what it was uh, known yeah. for in twenty thirteen, and that would be the best case scenario. Yeah, how about how about instead of having <laughs> this really massive map that's you know okay and flying mechanics that are okay and drive mechanics that are okay, get rid of all of it and just have it boots <laughs> on the ground, yeah. semi linear, semi open world shooter. Like I don't need to drive and fly and parachute and it's just just stop it's time to stop ubisoft <laughs> except don't stop splinter cell keep that going right we want it we I want that splinter cell i want an open world uh, uh splinter cell with uh with loot and uh, gear score that is not what i want that no. is the furthest thing i want from a splinter cell game i hate the year but that's the only this. way to have everyone else share my pain as a ghost recon fan is if they do that because then everyone will understand now you understand <laughs> now you understand <laughs> You guys remember what happened to, to Frontline, which was the free-to-play Ghost Recon thing they were doing? That was announced. I don't remember if anything happened with that. It was announced, and then they they backtracked the next day because the responses were overwhelmingly negative. Because that's even farther away from Ghost Recon than the last two games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ubisoft just not hitting the mark recently, eh? Nope. They're not. And it, it's funny because literally all the fans are so loud and telling them exactly what they want, but they're like, yep. you know what, let's not do that and let's try this and then they show us what they're working on and we're like no we we said the other thing and yeah. like oh oh okay okay sorry I, we didn't hear you and then they backtrack it and, and it's, then good uh, uh good for evil is still in development right this is this is one of those clear clear uh examples of when 
creatives don't have control of the studio and the suits do because you're right Rashan. it's like it's not even like an argument with halo where it's like you've got new age fans and old age fans and there's a bit of sort of uh back and forth but like with ghost recon literally like the the fan base is unanimous like hey we want the old tactical ghost recon back there's no back and forth it's just we all want that and every game gets Mm. farther and farther away from that Mm. it's absolutely insane it makes me want to scream very loudly uh, hold on i saw dan unmute what are you gonna say I was just gonna say, uh, like Kirik was saying in the in the chat, he was reluctant to get back into Assassin's Creed. He tried Valhalla, was surprised and liked it. He got a third of the way through and just rage quit. Which, like Assassin's Creed, is like a prime example of like the game is not the same as what it was. Like whether or not right. it's good is a yeah. different story. Because like Valhalla is a great game, but it's not you know it's not the same as the original you know Ezio trilogy of Assassin's Creed. It's completely different gameplay and and mechanics. So. Although I do think Valhalla kind of brought back some of that, it's still not, you know, that same mm-hmm. style. Right. My thing with Ubisoft is that they found success with their kind of their open world style with, you know, early Assassin's Creed, early Far Cry, and then just figured that they can kind of almost cookie cutter that into yep. the rest of their games as formulas. Um, instead of like having a vision for each separate game, it's all kind of being samey. And that's led to just like fatigue throughout the entirety of like all the series. Even no matter even people liked Valhalla, like I think the the retention was not very high because it was just very samey throughout the like the whole experience, which is kind of a shame. Absolutely. I want I want Ubisoft to to be to not be as as like trend following and and start going back to like vision visionaries of like we're gonna start doing we're gonna do this game and it's gonna be about this and you know be unwavering in that manner. Well, it's it's crazy, too, because the IP that that company owns lends itself to covering so many corners of the market. Like, you could have your Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed. So your Splinter Cell can be your linear, you know, um, really high-tech stealth game. Assassin's Creed can be your open-world, choose-your-own-path stealth game. Then you've got your Ghost Recon, which can be your third-person tactical shooter. You've got Siege, which can be your um, your competitive game. If you want your GTA clone, that can be your Watch Dogs. That's fine. And then you've got Far Cry, which can be your open-world first-person shooter, um, sort of like survival sim type thing. But instead, all of these games are actually just open-world RPG, grind, get loot, get loot, get better gear score. Like, it's crazy to me that you can have that many unique IP and have so many corners of the market that you could capitalize on and instead say, like, let's make all yeah. of it actually the same. And here's the thing. Ubisoft is, like, the last biggest third party right. they could be doing these things absolutely having these products all be the same i think it just it just hurts them yeah yeah don't forget you forgot gauge capture the tower and then true move on to the next and, tower and the, i forgot Other about the division that. too which is also another game that's exactly the same like if you were to describe one ubisoft game without mentioning specifics of like settings and like specific game mechanics you would you could describe all of them except all for rainbow six siege and there was a there was a like there was a time where I really liked the there were some older Ubisoft games that I I liked like uh, Child of Light like right. where are those games like Valiant Hearts Rayman even like they have these yeah. really cool IPs like you guys were saying but they just are sticking to one one type of game right but spreading it across all their IP instead of like. Choosing one game to be that one You're thing. You're right, Rashan. They they had a period where they were doing a bunch of cool because they also did that weird like um God sim game called From Dust where you could like terraform and you had to get like this little tribe from 
from point A to right. point B. I don't know if anyone yeah. remembers that game, but there was. There, you're absolutely right, Rishan. There was a period in time where Ubisoft was like really experimenting and like trying all these different things. But like I said, it seems like the the modern day Ubisoft is not one that's led by creatives. It's one that's led by suits saying like, okay, well this yeah. is successful, so make that next thing like this. Like, well that doesn't really belong in this IP, but sure, I guess I'll do that. And that might be part of the issue as well, because like for a long time, the rumors were that, well, or the conjecture was that stealth games don't sell. So like Splinter Cell, that's why that went away. That's why Assassin's Creed kind of changed to what it is now, because there was this perception that stealth games just don't sell, which I don't know if that's actually true or not, but. Of course it's not true, because remember, remember Dan, single player games also don't sell. That's why that's why EA had the audacity to cancel Amy Henning's Star Wars game, which I still can't believe that woman wrote Uncharted. Who are you to say no to that? I can't believe that. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Dan. It's well, this is the thing. When they say games don't sell, they mean it doesn't make Call of Duty money. Right. Right. That's all they care about. Still like Square Enix. Yeah. I, I guess I guess uh, Ubisoft has Riders Republic, which is the most. <laughs> it's like the only diverse game they've put out in, in a long and time, it's, and, and it's, it's pretty much steep with bikes. But yeah, it's the most yeah. thing that they have. Yeah. yeah. I miss Child of Light. That's a good game. That, that was a really good game. And that was like that was like an, an initiative that UB did back then. Like, wasn't it like UB Arts or something like that that they? That great, familiar. Yeah. They, yeah. That would like I think they just completely were like, yeah, we forgot about this. <laughs> like <laughs> bummer yeah. oh uh and it, um before i forget this is a small part that a lot of people are forgetting but it, it ties into the news that you just read off uh christian is that sure um when ubisoft announced that they were rebranding Uplay play to ubisoft connect they also made a bunch of big promises that they're going to add crossplay to a lot of their most recent games and they named ghost recon breakpoint that seemingly isn't a thing anymore because ghost recon breakpoint is not getting any more updates so there's a couple, uh, there's an interesting thing there where just promising things and then not delivering them. Uh, so, you know, Ubisoft's uh, doing Ubisoft things. Before we move on, I pulled another Ubisoft game out of, out of my hat, out of my, my childhood memories. I want, to, I want you guys to guess if you know what it is. I'll give you some hints. It is a 2008 game, that's when it was released, uh, developed by Ubisoft Montreal, and it is a remake of a beloved uh, trilogy. <laughs> is was that the prince of persia game that they made my man got it oh there you Dude, go <laughs> i love yeah. the prince of persia game that ubisoft made it was so freaking good it was what good happened I, to that man it was great that yeah you had nolan north he was like the yeah that was a great game it was and then yeah. you had the um was it the sorceress that was with you if you ever fell off the map she would just like yank you back up yeah that was a great yeah. game that was a really good game very you, cool art style too do you yes, know what the killed, cell shade yeah do you know what killed that assassin's creed it came out in 2007 and then they franchised the heck out of it you're probably not wrong yeah isn't a, re- a remaster on the way of that game <laughs> it was supposed it? to come out last year and they're like this doesn't look good enough mm. so we'll like oh. <laughs> delay it and then we haven't heard anything since actually that's true like last month they were like we're still working on it and then yeah is it isn't it hilarious that the only games that ubisoft hasn't released are the ones that aren't in its formula like beyond good and evil 2 and and bones all the games that are supposed to be different from every game that they have right now are the ones that aren't coming out skull and bones i hear that Uh-oh. game's fun yeah 
anyway, moving <laughs> on. I switched. I switched the stories here. I want to talk about this one first. Um, I'm like gradually going into good news. Okay, this may or not may not be good news, depending on how you read it. This comes from IGN in an interview with Destin Legary. Hassan Carmen from uh, Blue Box Games uh, talked to Destin about kind of like the <laughs> very weird uh, Twitter presence um, that uh, Blue Box has had online. Uh, recently, Blue Box deleted, and turns out it's I think it's Hassan who is behind Blue Box on Twitter. He deleted a bunch of tweets, um, so he has this to say, uh, and they were kind of asking him about you know all all the questions really regarding um, Blue Box and, and the mystery behind it. I did not see that coming, he explained. I didn't think that the community would respond that way. Basically, the tweets were deleted because some of the concept has changed, and I figured maybe just deleting the tweet and then tweeting more relevant information would be a better idea, which was actually not a good idea. I have learned now just to keep them. Even if the information or concept changed, just keep the older information because some eventually will see for themselves what the difference is and then see what's more actual. And then later on in the article... Um, Hassan continues to say that the uh, abandoned demo actually isn't even the final game. It will just be a, a game that you can purchase. It's a full, probably not $60, maybe more like $20 or $30. Um, that will give you an idea um, kind of, of what the game, the eventual game will be. It's kind of acting as a, as a prologue, very similar to Metal Gear Ground Zeroes, which, you know, you abandon Phantom Pain, if that kind of, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Lots to talk about there, and apparently there's all there's also going to be an updates to the um, the concept uh, demo that was released uh, late last year. So we've got three stuff they're working on, and they are a very small studio that somehow PlayStation backed. I don't know why they did this. They seem like they are just very nervous. It reports like they're just very scared to be doing this stuff. And so I kind of want your your thoughts on uh, Blue Box in general here. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know what to think anymore. I, I I genuinely hope that this game does come out someday. As I was talking to you guys in the in our private chat, because I'm just curious now. I just want to see what this is going to be. Um, I feel like I don't even know. I don't. I want to give Hassan the benefit of the doubt, but I feel like everything that he's said and just the he just keeps digging himself a bigger hole it feels like he like he gets in situations that he doesn't need to get into like he puts himself in these situations i don't know if it's intentional or by accident if if it ends up that he's doing this all on purpose like this is some huge game it's going to be awesome i'll give him his kudos then but right now it just doesn't seem doesn't seem good like i watched another interview where it just seemed like he was making stuff up on the yes. spot like he, he was being asked like just straightforward questions and he would answer it and then the interviewer would follow up with like so do you mean this and he's like no no I, I mean this and then he would double down on what he's saying and then the interview would be like but that doesn't make any sense and he's like well well and then he, he just can't dig himself back out of the hole that he's made so i, I don't know man it's it's a rough situation I mean, I, yeah go for it I, I, was he blaming Kojima at some point in that interview? Because I think that's what I read somewhere online that he was like very hostile against like Kojima and, and those kinds of like comparisons. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got that far. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I didn't see that. I did see him like overtly discredit Jason Schreier, which is an interesting move. I don't know if you saw that, Rashad, <laughs> in that in that interview. Yeah, where he pretty much just said, "No, uh, what what Jason wrote that I said isn't true," and it's like, 
Well, say what you will about Jason Schreier, but he's a pretty he's a pretty good journalist. I I sincerely doubt that. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. say. Maybe I could bounce off of one of you guys, but that's I guess all I have right now. I yeah, I I think it's you know I I stand by my original guess, which was that this had to be Kojima because here's the thing. <laughs> It's clearly not. (laughs) Here we go. Listen, it's clearly not. But I stand by my original guess that that's what it was because the only alternative is that this is clearly a scam. Like, I was looking at everything being said and what this guy was saying and the the history, which is is something that a lot of people glossed over when they were covering this and when people were saying that this guy's fake. It was a lot about, uh, you know, S plus L equals abandoned and all that stuff. But nobody really covered the fact (laughs) that this guy's made six games and none of them released ever so when i was looking at all this stuff i was like it has to be this has to be another one of kojima's plots because otherwise it's just this guy who's scamming and has not made a game ever so i stand by my original thought um i stand by the logic that i had because otherwise i would just Mm. be calling this guy out for scamming which is what now it looks like because i watched that same interview that rashan's talking about and not only not only is he doubling down and digging himself a hole, but also just completely dodging questions and saying saying a lot of stuff about, like, it's under NDA, I can't talk about it. And the interviewer's like, well, what, what, why not, though? This isn't something that's normally under NDA. And he's like, no, no, I, I don't want to talk about it. So just, like, refusing to Whoa, give answers. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, is, for... that is the complete opposite vibe to what I've got from the IGN article, because there's, like, a very human element that I'm getting from the actual interview that Destin did. Yeah. Like, See, the, I want to read the... The reason I would the reason I would recommend watching the other video, and I know your reasons for not wanting to, is that for better or for worse, he asks direct questions, and I, and there's a lot of times where these big publications are trying to be friendly. Whereas this interview that Rashan and I watched, sure. he was very much like not not antagonistic, but like going after him, kind of saying like, "All right, yeah. this is what we want to know. This was this is what doesn't make sense. What's your answer?" And it was just a lot of dodging the questions, and and it just it doesn't seem. And a lot of a lot of the things that I'm curious about that the interviewer asked was that like funding, like he, he's claimed that he's worked with a lot of these studios, and these are support studios that work for like major AAA like uh, companies. And he gave a quote that said like he's only spent like thirty thousand dollars on like the yeah. game, but it's like you've claimed to work with like work. exactly a lot of things don't make sense. I don't know. I'll let somebody else have the floor. I don't understand what's going on. I thought <laughs> it was Kojima at first. It. <laughs> it's clearly not Kojima, so I think it's just a scam. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Uh, so, personally, I'm still of the mindset, like, I think that the truth lies somewhere in, in the middle because, so, I was definitely, you know, going to bat for the guy a long time ago. When Gage was saying it was Kojima and all this, I was like, all right, I think this guy is just getting in over his head and things are just getting too big. But there are some weird, you know, circumstances, like you're saying, when he's getting asked uh, asked direct questions, he's not able to answer correctly or whatnot. Personally, I could see that as like I don't even know where he's from. Like, does is English even his first uh, language? Like, is that something he's like comfortable uh, taking an interview in? I don't know. Uh, but like, if he's not able to deliver his answer in English, and that's making it harder for him to communicate to fans or people that are looking forward to his game that may be impacting mm-hmm. uh that communication barrier and i think back in the day like the problem is is like they did fuel some of that like with the whole s plus l and all of that 
But like also at the same time, there was a lot of people that were piling on additional stuff on top of that saying like, let's get hyped. This thing's going to be amazing. It's going to be Kojima and all this and this and this. And I just think it, it did get quite a bit out of hand very quickly for him. So personally, I, would, I go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I'm just saying I personally, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know his intentions, so I don't want to say that he's trying to scam people or anything like that because, like, we, we don't know. And making video games is hard, so, like, the fact that he worked on multiple projects and none came to fruition doesn't necessarily mean he's scamming people. It just means, like, video game development is hard. Like, mm -hmm. the, you'll never... There's never a time where you're going to be, you know, completely invested in be able to release everything that you ever touch, so... I can't necessarily point to that as something that would be a red, red flag. Sure, it, it is like suspect, but like, I don't know. It, it's tricky, though, for sure. It, it is. And I, you know what? I would like to I would like to respectfully disagree, Dan, because I am thinking about it. And it's one thing to say, like, video game development is hard and it, it might just be bigger than he's uh, imagining. But he's also just giving. See, but no, you, you have to. We can't get to the point where we're so, um, I can't think of the word to, to use it, but like we're giving people the benefit of the doubt, even after they've clearly demonstrated that there's something going on. Like, again, it's not just the S plus L thing, which people got really hyped on. Also, didn't the next thing he released after that, after saying that wasn't thing, didn't he release like a picture of his protagonist with like an eye patch? Like yes. in, the, in the midst of all the Kojima stuff. It's like, okay, what yeah. are you doing there guy? Um, but also, so the the funding is the biggest thing. He's not telling us who's funding it. Apparently, it's so in this interview that Rashad and I watched, it's not PlayStation. They've not funded him at all. So we don't know who's funding him. And um, he said he's only spent thirty thousand dollars on outsourcing to the game, but he's also claimed to work with uh, three or four massive uh, uh, studios that work for games like Naughty Dog and Halo and stuff like that, which the interviewer pressed him on. So it's like, there is one thing of like, yeah, you know, he's a human and it's tough, but it's like, okay, but you're also giving answers that don't make any sense, like that on paper do not so, line up with any sort of, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, I was just, I will touch on that a little bit because like the dude who interviewed him, instead of being cagey about it, Colin Moriarty, like I personally think he is a very like aggressive interviewer. So like he can be very intimidating when you're, you're being interviewed by him. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that, you know, his interview should be taken as, you know, evidence as, Hey, this is, you know, this guy's a fake because he can't answer Colin's questions directly. And he's like getting really like cagey answers and all of that. Like, like Christian said, Dustin, Dustin does a great job with uh, the stuff that he covers. So like, I feel like that Dustin's not just going to say, well, let's, let's support this guy, you know, just for the heck of it. And Dustin has a much more positive story on IGN not positive, but like more, you know, not destroying this dude. Like he, Dustin isn't going to come into an interview saying, all right, so uh, on this day, at this time, what were you doing at this moment? And I don't what, think what the interview plan? is like that, though. I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't perceive it like that at all. Yeah. I, I won't uh, like defend Colin for his past <laughs> atrocities and stuff like that. And I won't disagree with Dan for saying that he can be, <laughs> I won't disagree with Dan uh, with, uh, Colin's interview style, he can be like intense sometimes, but the questions that he was asking Hassan were very direct. Just like, this is the question, 
what's your answer? And then when the ans- when it was time for him to answer, he would just say something completely unrelated to the question mm-hmm. and just go off topic uh, on that. And then Colin would be like, but you didn't answer my question. And they just repeat the question, then he'll go off on something else. So like, I, I totally agree with Dan, like Colin, if I were being interviewed by Colin, I would be nervous. And he did right. at the be- at the beginning of the, the interview say, I'm, I'm going to be nervous. So just keep that in mind. And I think, I th- and again, I don't, I'm not in Colin's head, I'm not in Hassan's head, but I do think he kept that in mind. And I don't think he was as intense as he usually can be. But the questions that he was asking were just like, simple yes or no questions or just like answer this with one word like if, if you want to and, and if and yeah I, I understand like the language barrier thing that you were saying as well but people will understand if you're just being truthful if you're just answering yes. with the truth then like that's all you have to say so yeah i think i think if anything my take is that i feel really bad for hassan because you can tell it is a very small team <laughs> doing this stuff and hassan probably has like he if he's going to be taking on interviews, he needs to hire be prepared. on. Uh, or, not yeah. be prepared. Hire on like someone That's to help true. him with like PR and stuff. Media like, training, yeah. Yeah, he, media training is is even better. Yeah, great idea, Gage, because like you can get very convoluted very quickly, especially if you've got all these things to worry about. You got a, a expectations to me. It's it's uh, it's a lot, and so I don't I don't blame him for cracking under the pressure. But um, at the same time, um, there's a lot of there there was a lot of sus- suspect things. <laughs> Imposter. <laughs> uh, and, and he meeting. <laughs> so we'll see uh, if any of the um, you know the prologue demo um, or abandoned or the real time experience app does indeed get updated. Um, yeah. we're, again, we're we're just going off of what he's given us. Right. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I genuinely hope that he doesn't deserve the hate that he's getting. Unless again, he is scamming us. Mm-hmm. Then yes, he does. But we don't know until the game comes out or. Or it doesn't come out, so we can only also, go off of what we've seen. So I'm not I'm not trying to be mean to Hassan. For I just sure. based on what we've known, this that's just how I feel. And on behalf of people who think like me, I just want to put it out there: you can think this guy's scamming people. You don't have to go and tweet at him. I will never go and tweet at this guy and say mean things to him. I just have my opinion, and you can you can have your opinion as well and not be an asshole about it. So there is also that yeah don't go after and harass people on the internet because of what you think you can just think it and then that's it good point great point <laughs> moving on to our last news story of the day uh finally some some good food right like yeah. that halo cookbook <laughs> <laughs> remedy announces that they will remake uh max Payne one and two using their in-house Northlight engine uh, and i think rockstar uh is funding the project Here's some more details from PR. Uh, stand, it's a standalone title. It comes with 1 and 2. And is being developed for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, as well as PC. Um, the budget has the same size as a typical Remedy AAA production. I think uh, games like all the control. Right? Um, yeah, being financed by Rockstar Games and is currently at a, quote, concept development stage, unquote. Love to see it. Max Payne Games, great. Uh, I, for one, think Max Payne 3 is my favorite, but that's just me. Um, and I'm very happy to, that these get, are getting a remake. Yes. It very is. much. And the fact that, you know, Max Payne 1 and 2 was made by Remedy back in the day, so it's cool that Rockstar's mm-hmm. like, yeah, take the license and, you know, remake your beloved games. That's pretty cool. Obviously, guy- back. Do you guys think that um, the recent remake that from an optics standpoint, do you think it was a safer bet for them to say, hey, Remedy, why don't you handle this remake? 
instead of instead of us with all the bad press they got for the oh uh, the gta remakes yeah. that's right yeah even though it wasn't uh, necessarily rockstar that made those games it was still i mean their names attached to it right so from an optic standpoint i wonder if in order to get the i mean because this has got nothing but good responses right because it's remedy making it so i, I wonder if that had anything to do with it but yeah no it's good it's good news it's good news I'd say also Rockstar's a little busy right now. <laughs> making True. GTA 6 and whatever's after Red Dead. Redemption I mean, are they deal. even making it? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Rockstar's busy not making Undead Nightmare 2. So. Uh, any of you guys looking forward to this? Ro, are you looking forward to playing Max Payne? I haven't played the original Max Payne games, actually. So this, uh, I am excited. I would definitely give it a, a remake a shot. Quantum Break and Control are the only Remedy games that I've actually played. Um, I love both of those, though. Yes. Those are awesome games. Gotta um, play Alan Wake, bro. Yeah, so I, I've, I've heard, I've heard. I know they're making a remake, right? They're, aren't they remaking that, They too? already did. They're making no, Alan Wake right? 3. Oh, right, yes. It was yes, a remaster, yes. yeah. It was a remaster. Or Alan Wake 2. Well, it's Alan Wake 2, but they made American Nightmare, which is an XBLA downloadable game, but yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been told that Alan Wake is the, the one that I should to try. Um, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I'll probably play Max Payne before I play Alan Wake, honestly. I'll just be more, I'm just probably not, never going to get around to it. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely a Remedy Games fan from the two games that I've played, so I'm definitely interested in playing uh, Max Payne when it does come around. The monologues in Max Payne 3. Oh, <laughs> I'm going sicko mode right now just thinking about it. Yeah. Remedy's never made a bad game, so like I'm Ooh. all in. I'm all does in. Does it, this. Christian, does it bother you that I made it probably like 78% of the way through Max Payne 3 and never finished it? <laughs> Listen, it happens. I'm not going to blame you. You know, that's fine. I respect that. Yeah. That is it for the news. Before we get to the topic of the show, quick break. Guys, what you are we, well Dan, give us give us the check in for the draft. Oh. <laughs> I don't I think it's that. it's probably uh, the same as last week. Well, it, it is no, the same. Dan is winning week, again. Yes. <laughs> Dan's winning more. <laughs> well, not yet because it's not tallied yet, but Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once that gets added in there, man. Look out. Oh, wait, it is added. Wait, 106? Oh. That's not how many I had before, right? Uh-oh. It is. It's in there. 13 points for LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I'm at 106 points, gents. Nice. I hate this guy. Christian, you're at 56, it looks like. And I'm at 8. And Gage, we're st- you're still at 6. <laughs> we're, still, we're still at the bottom. Well, <laughs> the good news is, guys, I only have two games left. Or no, wait, I have four games, three games left on my list that haven't come out yet. That's all I have left, uh, but I still have a couple more to add. Yes. Oh, you got, uh, you got Chuck to Yomi, Christian. I did, yeah, I picked it nice. up like two weeks ago, I think. So. Nice, I didn't notice. Very Fingers cool, crossed. very cool. Nice. Okay. Uh, guys, what you got for me? Dan, let's start with you. Oh, all right. I got... MLB The Show 22 in Game Pass, so I played it yesterday. I played one match of it, had some fun, uh, but the computer beat me, so I was a little disappointed about that. <laughs> I lost 3-0, to zero, so I'm going to have to keep working at that. But Damn. Uh, also, I played a surprising game that Gage already knows because he was in the party <laughs> when I was playing it, but this game 
no one's going to expect me to say this, but here we go. Jurassic World Evolution. Oh, yes. the park simulator game, right? <laughs> yeah, the original. My friend loves that game. Yes, the original one, not the second one that came out last year. Uh, but it's in it's in Game Pass, so that's why I've been playing it, and I freaking love Zoo Tycoon from back in the day and all the yes. park sims. Yeah, so Roller Tycoon. Yes. Love those games. And I love dinosaurs. I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. I love Jurassic Park. So uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to finally play this. It's been a long time coming. I literally couldn't stop playing it. I played so many hours of it already. Uh, It has like a campaign or whatever where you can go through different stages. I love like how different each island is. So they have a bunch of islands and you go through and you basically um, reform the island uh, at each location and you're trying to bring them back to profitability and like create new dinosaurs and all of that research and everything. And I love how each island is like unique. So like one island you may start like uh, bankrupt. So like the island that I just started a little while ago, uh, it was starting at like negative a million dollars or something. And they're like, all right, here's your island. Uh, They had an outbreak of dinosaurs. They ravaged the island and now they're bankrupt and you have to, you have to sell buildings in order to get yourself back profitable so you can build dinosaurs to bring people back to the park. I just love it. It's so cool that like every island is unique and it's, it's super fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a I'm, I'm a real glad you're having fun, buddy. That's my dude. I I obsess over like the Sim stuff, like Sim City. I love that too. Back in the day, the 2013 game that people freaked out because it was online only. I loved it. Uh, yeah, Dan, this so is the fun. most American you've ever been. You've been playing baseball <laughs> and you're excited about dinosaurs, man. Dude, God bless you. I love it. God I, bless you. I love it. Are you are you also a person that likes doing their taxes? No. <laughs> No. but my mom my mom used to do all of our taxes now i have to do my own because i took accounting classes in college so i was originally a, well not originally but my second major was accounting and my mom ever since then is like no you're doing your taxes you know how to do it i'm like yeah hell yeah anyways bro yes uh, dan talking about a uh, jurassic world reminded me of uh the Sims game that I used to play when I was a kid, My Sims on the DS. Ooh. I love that game so much. What a what a what a trip that was. Thank you, Dan, for helping yes. me remember that game. Yes. Um, but the game that I have been playing, finally, I have gotten my hands on Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and I picked it up yesterday. And it's a good time. It is very fun. Um, let me see. I, I had I wrote down some notes about my favorite parts so far, but um I just love that Nintendo is taking like their core, like Mario, Zelda, um, what was the other one? Uh, Pokemon, and kind of just reimagining in it, like RCS and Breath of the Wild and Odyssey. And now this is what I'm hoping is going to be like the the template that they use going forward for their for the future game. So Kirby finally being in 3D is so awesome. It just makes so much sense, and seeing all the characters uh, just move around freely, it's it's awesome. Um, there's a battle that happens later on with King DDD. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's like surprisingly cinematic. I was like, what is going on in this Kirby game right now? Triple but it, D's? You triple D's, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and, and very early on, you get access to the mouthful mode. And I just smiled. And I don't think that smile left my face until I turned off. <laughs> 
turn out the game for the night is just it's just fun man i i'm having a blast with it right now it's there's and it's surprisingly challenging there's some not the actual levels but there's some side challenges that they have you do to get these rare stars that you can use to upgrade your copy abilities and some of them are, are kind of tough so i was surprised by that but uh yeah it's a good game i want to I play it so bad it's it's fun i like it it's it's you don't have to think too hard it's just just fun I also couldn't tell if Nintendo was doing its artificial scarcity thing, but like, you cannot find Kirby in stores right now pretty easily. Oh, yeah, no. On Amazon, you gotta wait like two or three weeks to get it in the mail. Hmm. Might bro. be just different in Canada, I guess. Bro, I got it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. No, no, sorry. go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I, I just walked into GameSpot and got it. I didn't, I didn't notice that it was, uh, it was hard to get recently. Kirik says uh, a great visual novel type game on the DS is Hotel Dusk Room 215. He Ooh. said you would probably like it. I will definitely check it out. I, I love me a visual novel, so I'll definitely check it out. Thank you, uh, Kirok. Okay, I'm going to do a video game poll now, right? Everyone ready? When are they going to remake Simpsons Hidden Run? Oh, I want that. <laughs> there was a the yeah. fan made one, right? That the fan was going through and redoing it. Speaking of fan-made projects, I guess this is like, well, I'm already in the transition. <laughs> I don't know, Dan, is the answer. Is there really? That's yeah, really cool. I believe there so, is. yeah. I might check that out then. PC, I'm assuming? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if it's released, but I remember seeing like a comparison and it's like really good too, like the up-res that they did. I'll look into that. Yeah. Speaking of fan-made upscale projects, uh, I downloaded, there was a sale, a humble sale, RE4. Uh, by the way, I also found out RE4 is available to play via PS Now, which I upgraded, but I don't want to stream it. So I bought it on PC and then subsequently downloaded the free HD project. Uh, it took me a little while to download all 18 files, but I was able to, to mod the game and I started playing it and it's fantastic. Running that game at 60 with uh, up-res textures, it looks freaking incredible. Um... And even though I was enjoying playing that game in VR, it was tiresome to play. Um, I never, I never really felt like that kind of terror. It was cool being in first person. It was scary. It was scary being in those actiony set pieces. But it felt more like FPS than actual like horror traditional like Resident Evil horror game. Playing this um, again, this is for the first time. I've never played RE4 before. I tried it once and never got very far. So playing it now on PC, I'm like. This is way more frightening, and it's because of the limited controls of, of that time, right? The kind of more tanky controls, but kind of that stiffness, and it's it's been great, dude. Uh, I've been really enjoying it. I look forward to getting back. Um, also played more Fortnite this week, and yes, I have gotten a lot more dubs. Accidentally went into build mode with my squad, and we still won that, that lobby, so that was pretty cool, but yeah. Before I get to you, Gage, I want to ask Dan, when are we going to play uh, Oculus together? Sorry, meta. Whenever. Whenever. Hit me up. Whenever. Literally any day of the week, Christian. Gage, you Ubisoft fan, what are you playing? Um, I am playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Not because I bought it, but because my friend did, who uh, is game sharing with me. So I was like, you know what? I'm in... I'm hankering for a, a, a new RPG to sink my teeth into, something to uh, keep me busy while I wait for more Halo stuff, and it's it's fine. It's 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 got a lot of it's got a lot of really cool ideas, and it executes them all 
very mediocrely. So it's it's mm. it's uh, there's a lot of content. There's not a lot of quality. Sorry, Dan. I I, I know you hate to hear it, but <laughs> it's it's true. There's um way too many, way too much talking. Thirty percent of the voice actors are really good. The other seventy percent are okay. You know, some of the combat's really good. Some of it's very shallow. Um, boats are cool, I guess, and the ratings kind of cool, but yeah, it is what it is. It's keep me busy. This all around praise from you, man. I love to see it. <laughs> I, love I, uh, I did some research on the the game that Kirok suggested, Hotel Dusk Room Two One Five for the Nintendo DS. And I first I did Google image search. It's like, oh, this looks really cool. Then I went onto YouTube and I looked at some gameplay. It's like, oh, this looks really cool. I really want to get it. And then I go onto Amazon and it's one hundred and seventy-two dollars. Oh, holy God! <laughs> game preservation. Why? <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not going to be playing this game anytime soon, probably. But uh, it looks awesome. You should. Um, what's that character's name? Screw it. You should pirate it. You should pirate it. Yeah. Pro- yeah. I. You know what? I do have a retro arc on my computer, so mm. maybe I will. Maybe. Nintendo, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> Arrest them, boys. <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Okay, it's time for topic of the show. Finally, things are about to get unreal. In a recent keynote, um, Epic Games' State of Unreal. I also wanted to say that they spent some time talking about like um, Unreal Engine just in general and some of like the recent stuff they've done. Uh, a, a big highlight was Matrix Awakens. Did you guys play Matrix Awakens? Mm-hmm. That like kind of demo tech demo. Yes. I watched it. I don't have a PS Five. <laughs> you did as you did, Dan. Yes, I did. It was insane visually. That and I think Kid A um, Amnesiac, the exhibition. I think that was also made in Unreal. I still have. Um, that exhibition on my on my PlayStation, that thing is like absolutely fantastic. But yeah, uh, they were just kind of highlighting stuff about Unreal Engine, and that all led into um, the announcement that Unreal Engine Five is now available today for all developers. I'm gonna hit some highlights here. Uh, it launches with Lyra, a starter game that you can uh, toy around with and build upon, which is pretty cool for those of you that want to toy around with Unreal Engine, kind of developer and stuff like that. So that that stuff was really cool. Uh, but like kind of the bigger highlight here, which Dan was really excited about, the Coalition has created another cinematic demo in Unreal Engine 5. About a minute and a half, kind of a cinematic kind of video on YouTube. There's music playing. It's not actual like characters that we know of. But like, my God, Coalition absolutely nails um, Unreal Engine. Like they, they really understand it. And it, it looks freaking fantastic. And I'll, I'll stop there here for a second and kind of ask, like, did you guys, anybody else watch the Coalition video apart from Dan? Not yet, no. Um, I, I did watch, I didn't finish it, honestly, but I, I am watching the rest of, uh, of it now, uh, as we talk and yeah, it, it looks amazing. I remember even before this, even before this video, they did like a, a show off of some armor, I think it was a while ago and that looked incredible. So seeing all of that in motion is just, it's jaw dropping. So mm-hmm. again, like we said, like I, like we all said, I think, uh, when they showed off the armor, I can't wait for whatever they're making, like their next gears game, whatever it is, it's going to be gorgeous at least so yeah i'm definitely happy for that and unreal engine 5 is just it's just so crazy to see how far games have come and we always think like how how 
how can they top this? And sometimes it's just a little bit, but sometimes it's like, wow, <laughs> that's how much right. they can do. So, yeah, it's definitely impressive stuff. Before I get to you, Dan, like watching that tech demo, there are a few moments that like my suspension of disbelief was like kicked into full gear that I, I believe that the, the character they were showing off was like a real person. There was a moment when they do a close up of the eyes and like yeah. that to me almost looked pretty freaking real. Obviously, it's not it's not a real person, but like it got close for a second to trick my mind into thinking like, oh, my God, wait, is it a real person? No, of course not. But yeah. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, it looks amazing. Like, obviously, Unreal Engine 5 is the first engine that they're, they've built that is literally for next-gen consoles. So, like, that's the biggest thing. So, like, people working mm -hmm. on next-gen games can now make these beautiful worlds. And, like, Unreal Engine 5 is going to help them make it easier and better. And, uh, yeah, the Coalition... The coalition is literally Microsoft's, you know, naughty dog. Like they make beautiful games. Gears Five still looks absolutely phenomenal. Like, and that's an Xbox One game. <laughs> like that's what people forget. And uh, like essentially, like Microsoft had positioned the initiative as being that, but like they already have the coalition that is pretty much already in that caliber, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, uh, it's really cool. Uh, obviously, you know. Formerly, Epic Games was the big showpiece uh, when they showed off Gears of War on, you know, Xbox 360 generation for Unreal Engine. But now it's almost like the Coalition is like their showpiece because Gears 5 showed it off very well, Gears 4, and now, you know, Coalition's still making cool sh stuff for it. So, yeah, looks real good, real good. The Coalition for me is like the bar of like what you can do with Unreal Engine. Like they, they really know. Right. How to utilize utilize it so very cool stuff yeah dan was mentioning here for a second like this that now studios get to get to use it and there are so many studios that are now working with unreal engine 5 there's a huge graphic up that i i, I linked there in the, in the doc it highlights so many of them and i'm going to read you just a few and and there are a lot of a few highlights uh, we've got rare playstation and psvr2 uh don't nod remedy Max Payne, maybe? Mm. No, that, sorry. They're using the other engine. I'm sorry. True. Um, CDPR, of course, we knew that they were using Unreal Engine 5 for the next Witcher title. The Initiative, Xbox, Obsidian, Gearbox, Devolver Digital, freaking Play Dead, Ninja Theory. I was, oh. I was losing, losing my mind at this point. Uh, <laughs> Haven, That's No Moon, and so much more. Um, and I, my question here is like, where does the future lie with video games on Unreal Engine 5? What kinds of games do you want to see? Like, what is Playdead going to make in Unreal Engine Dude, 5, right? Playdead has a, has a new game coming up. Remember the, the sci-fi one hmm. that they announced? It looked, oh I don't even God. know. Yeah. They did, I don't think they actually announced the name or anything like that, but they have something in the works, and now I'm super excited. As you said, Playdead, I was like, oh, it's that game. It's got to be that game. I'm so excited now. It's going to be beautiful. It's and those the, games were already beautiful. Like, yeah. Let's go. Inside still is like gorgeous. Yeah. The art style is phenomenal. Like mm -hmm, pair their mm -hmm. art style with this great engine and tool. Oof. Hmm. Yeah. Their current project is what they describe as a third person science fiction action adventure set in a remote corner of the universe. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm losing my goddamn mind. Yeah, right? That's going to be really cool. But uh, you, you were excited about Ninja Theory too? What, what, uh, what do you possibilities yeah i i don't i don't know if they're using uh oh, right. for, for hellblade they are i know like 
They are. are they really? Yes. And in, and that game already looks gorgeous. But like I'm I'm I think for me I'm also really curious about Project Mara, which we got to see a look at a while ago, and it's been kind of quiet since then. And there was I think a rumor, or I don't know if it was actual information, but they are working on something else in addition to Project Mara and Hellblade. Um, yeah. What Ninja Theory do, is doing is like on a studio level is incredible. So pairing it with Unreal Engine 5, like it's going to be freaking fantastic. And, and props to Xbox for picking that up because it's going to be, they're going to be able to show off these games as like, here are a temple first party titles and they look freaking amazing and they're run by like fantastic teams. So can, yeah, the, I think the future will be unreal, man. Can we get Bandai Namco to let Microsoft make a uh, enslaved Odyssey to the West sequel for uh, Ninja Theory? please that was a great game that fantastic. was a great game yeah it's played. literally it's fantastic it's a hidden gem. yeah it's a hidden gem it's like a sci-fi mixed uh with like uncharted uh is the best way i could put it oh because, yeah actually you know what it's kind of uh i mean not that it not that we know that this is a fact but it almost feels like horizon was inspired a little bit by that now that yeah because it's very similar vibes true very similar vibes to horizon there's a uh... There's another studio that I would love to get for them to get their hands on Unreal Engine just because of how beautiful their PS4 game was is uh, Ready at Dawn because yes. Ninth, or the Order 1886. I remember being blown away by that game Yeah, uh, graphically. Uh, it's a shame how it turned out. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I won't defend it by any means saying it's like it's a good game. I enjoyed it, but I, no, I, I would love them. It was a great game. It was yeah. just like way too short. short. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was really short. But uh, if they were able to get in a hands on it for a sequel or something else, I'm sure it'll be amazing. Tell you what, if I've ever seen a Game Pass game, you know, a PlayStation yeah. one of the Game Pass yeah. games. It's, <laughs> it's it. that one. It was it was a perfect pickup on sale. I won't lie to you. Yeah. Bro, like that pull. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and before we, before we move on, any any kinds of tiles you'd like to see in Unreal Engine Five from from these studios or any any studios really. <laughs> Um, I would I would just like to see more developers use Unreal Five. I mean, um, obviously every development studio, um, some of them have great proprietary stuff that they're used to. But what we're seeing out of uh, Unreal Engine uh, Five, and I mean, and even Unreal Engine Four, which I've actually fooled around with a little bit uh, recently, is Ooh. that they're incredibly they are incredibly flexible. And as much as uh, as much as studios might want to save costs on not licensing, there is a huge benefit to using a product that is already made by another um, by another company that you have access to tech support and help and all this stuff. So I'm just excited that Unreal Engine 5 is seems to be um, the upgrade that a lot of people wanted it to be because that might that might mean that we see more developers using it. And um, if we like I said, if we see more developers using this stuff and uh, you know not having to figure things out on their own and um, work through all the hurdles of creating your own engine and you just have all that done for you and you just come in and you use this finished product. I think we might see games quicker, games made better. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just excited for the future seeing this technology because it looks, it looks awesome. Okay. I want, I want to <laughs> add real quick too. Sorry. I want to jump in with something Gage said. I, I completely forgot as well that, that the Haven and That's No Moon were, were studios in that lineup. And I think for me, like that prospect of using Unreal Engine 5 to make like these kind of shooter games, where we know Haven is kind of more like a, um, a life, I don't want to call it a live service game, but it is an online focus game. I don't know right. if That's No Moon will be as well, but like regardless, those are both shooters. I think for me, what I look for in, in these kind of shooters games is one, like, does it feel good to play? 
right that's a, that's its own thing but two like is the story interesting and, and like like does it resonate with me and i'm like am i invested in it and i think if you have shooters like based on Unreal engine 5 it, you can do a lot of interesting things with both the gameplay and how visually stunning like just think right. on a cinematography level like what those games will look like during like those kinds of cutscenes or story elements I think it's going to be really exciting for where Haven and Nets and Moon are, or what they're trying to do in, in the shooter space. So that excites me. I mean, that's No Moon uh, specifically. Ta- uh, Taylor Kurosako is, um, he was the lead uh, narrative, uh, he was the narrative lead on, on um, uh, the Modern Warfare reboot. So I'm very mm. excited to see what he is, uh, what he's working on. And I think actually he, I think when he left Activision, he took, or Infinity Ward, sorry, I think he took the lead, um, uh, the lead, the gameplay lead as well. So they both left, and like like we've all mentioned before, um, Modern Warfare reboot was fantastic. It felt like the first true Call of Duty sequel in a long time. And Christian and I have talked about how we both really like the narrative. The narrative was the strongest it's been in a Call of Duty in a long time. So um, I'm excited to see what he does specifically at That's No Moon. And like you said, with Unreal Five and the tech and the facial animations and and the um, the sort of potential there, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they what they pull off. I want to move on to our, our final little news item here on our Unreal segment. Yes, Crystal Dynamics is working on the next Tomb Raider game, and it will be based on Uncharted. Unchar- uh, <laughs> I mean, sorry. probably. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It'll be based on Unreal Engine 5. Um, there's lots of questions here. I wrote one down, but I don't, I don't want to get there yet. Um, first of all, did either of you guys play any of the trilogy, the, the, the original reboot trilogy? I played the first two. Ro, you didn't? Yes. I, I played the first one to completion, and I played the second one. I put a couple hours into the second one, but then it lost me. Yeah, I played. I played the first two to completion as well. Yeah, I think I played all three of them, but surprisingly, the third one, I is the the most recent one, is the one that is is so far out of my mind. I remember the first two like I just played them. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't remember finishing the third one. I'm not. I'm not sure if I did. I only remember the first one, and I played one and two and yet this news that that true raider is coming back i'm still kind of excited for the the prospect of that with unreal engine 5 like even if the story itself isn't good it good like the, that reboot trilogy looked stunning right community linkedin put a great performance in it as laura and like i'm down to give these this new one a try so are you guys excited for a, a new tomb raider game definitely yes i yeah i love the I love the trilogy. I, I know I said I don't really remember the third one, but I, I really had a good time playing them. And like you said, I, I, even if the story is not good, they're just a, a good t- uh, good time uh, with gameplay and, and all that stuff. And the, the puzzles, yeah, I, I think it was a good uh, reboot. I know some people had a, a little bit of an issue with the first one when it came out initially, but I think eventually people warmed up to it and it was a, it was a good trilogy. Yeah. It's like uh, like we got this back and forth almost like, you know, Tomb Raider started that, you know, sort of subgenre or whatever you want to call it. And then Uncharted went and perfected it. And then Tomb Raider was like, all right, that's doing well. Let's pull ours back out and like model it in that fashion as well. So like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited as well to see this and what kind of hair physics we can get in this uh, yeah. Unreal Engine. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. They could finally nail the hair. <laughs> yeah. I also cool. really enjoyed the the bow combat. I'm not gonna lie to you. I yeah. primarily used that bow. The guns never felt good, but the bow was yeah. yeah. 
Guns felt awful. Guns, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I remember that was the one takeaway from all of them. Guns felt absolutely mm-hmm. awful to use. But the exploration itself was fun. Like the the puzzles of like yeah. the each of them tombs. I almost if you know what they call me, <laughs> yeah, the tombs. Like that was always what was great. So yeah, I'm excited. But the big question here is that it's Crystal Dynamics working on it. Like, what is going on with <laughs> Avengers? Are are Bro, as a resident Avengers kind of fan. Oh man, even I don't know if I yeah. can what do you think? Um I don't think it's looking good for Avengers. Um Yeah, they, they still they they promise that they're still working on stuff, that they they have plans for twenty twenty two content and they're still very, very silent on those plans. Um so I, I think that's I think that gives them the the leeway to not do anything and maybe move on to something else because they haven't announced anything. Um, But yeah, it is possible, like you have in the question, that they have another team, a smaller team, that continues work on the Avengers. But I don't know how big that player pool is still that they they need to work on it um, or if they could just pull the plug on it uh, as of of now. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It's been a while since I played it, too. I know you called me the Avengers fan, but it just... It just might be that I'm the only one that You're that actually played one. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, yeah. I I know I know it kind of it's it might seem contradictory to everything I said, especially about with like you know um, decisions being made that are business first and creative later. But I do think there is a fever pitch of like if there's a hundred people playing your game, is it is it worth it to still put x amount of resources to create new content? Like I. I would like for the fans to get more content, but there is a certain point where it's like, we've looked at the Steam numbers for this game uh, over several weeks, and it's like crazy low. Like, there is very, very few people playing this game, so I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Square Enix calls it on Avengers within the next uh, within the next year, but uh, I, I mean, if people are enjoying the game, then, you know, sure, have a small team dedicated to it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if from the business standpoint that they do pull the plug because yeah that game has underperformed to a crazy level yeah right now it's uh 224 people are playing as of nine minutes ago concurrent on, oh my god on steam right now oh, all time is twenty eight thousand is the all-time peak but right now as of and the the day peak is 386 for that's today so, that's, that's that is yeah. crazy low yeah that's it's just bad, steam though all bad yeah, that's true. Well, Two it's in the same territory. <laughs> oh man! Turns out people do want single player games, though. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And for you, EA. And Crystal's <laughs> making two of them <laughs> with Perfect Dark. Essentially, uh, like now, essentially, Crystal Dynamics is making that game because of the whole initiative fiasco. So, like, I, I don't think there's any room left for their team Avengers. to be working on Avengers. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Rest in peace, Avengers. How do you feel the dev? How do you think the devs feel good about this? They gotta be excited to work on like more single player games. I'd imagine. Right? Yeah, right. I'd hope so because I feel like even the devs are upset that the how the trajectory of Avengers went. Like I'm sure they didn't want to make a, a live service game. I, I assume right. that they probably were hoping to make a, a campaign sort of thing and then make some Wakanda War for Wakanda stuff instead of having to balance the two. So yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that they're excited to move on to something else that's a little bit more up their alley. And, like, it didn't have to be a live service game. Like, they could have made it a story-focused game that just like, so happened to have co-op in it, right? Look at, look at the research. Yeah, Guard, I, yeah. 
or even look at the resurgence of your Left 4 Dead style, like four player PVE games, right? Like if you they they could have gone that route, just remove the live service element, make it something like like again, you can play Back for Blood right now. There's there's no microtransactions. They have their old fashioned seasons pass, but that's it. There's no need to grind, there's no need to do this, there's no you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, the live service element killed it. And I wonder if that was yeah, I don't know what the what the decision making was behind that. That's not where Crystal Dynamics strong suit is either. I don't even know if like do game, gamers even want to grind anymore because I know Destiny was like critically came when that DLC dropped. And then from what I've heard from Destiny players that I, that I talked to, once like they played like the campaign stuff and tried out like, you know, some of the, the raid stuff, they went back to like that same kind of grind that their Destiny is, is familiar with and they all kind of dropped. Like they'll log in every now and then, but it's that retention just isn't the same. I if i had to guess i feel like the answer is yes and no all like at all times some gamers do want to grind and some gamers don't and i think it comes down mm-hmm. to age as we get older we have less and less time to grind right like i i would very much like to pick up a game and just be able to make a decent amount of progress when i have time to however if i was if i was in like grade 10 high school right now i would love to have a game that takes hours and hours to sink my teeth into because i got nothing else going on so i, I think that's the problem is that You'll never have a consistent yes or no answer because gaming is it spans so many different demographics. So for all of us folks that are, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s that we have full-time jobs, I mean, no, we don't want to necessarily grind all the time, especially with so many games coming out. But um, the youngsters, I mean, I know I put... <laughs> the amount of hours I put into Halo Reach in high school is, like, unhealthy. I, I would not be able to do that again with any game. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I think it's I think it's a bit of both, right? I think some some kids do want to put do want grind, and some people don't, and it makes it hard for the developers to kind of pick and choose. My last takeaway is that I hope the next Tomb Raider installment is away a little bit from the recent Crystal Dynamics reboot kind of games, and I don't know. Like I know it's the next in, like title in that in that series, but. Something about it felt a little bit too borrowed from other from other titles, and I wanted to be more of its own. Yeah, it did feel very like very heavily inspired by Uncharted. You know what I want in the next Tomb Raider? I want them to look at what Kirby's doing. I want triple D's, and I want mouthful mode. <laughs> you, but... anyway, I don't know what's I don't know what's confusing about that. I, that's what I want. That's what I want, folks. Thank you, everyone, again, joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Ro. Thank you, me. Thank you, Dan. Gage was here. And this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love. And keep on gaming. LaRussi. See ya.